it's very nice to be here to talk to you about good eats, I guess, but more importantly about your diets. Um, really, my mission is to talk to you as individuals about how you're eating and a few things that you can change to make your diet better. I've been a registered dietitian now for 36 years. I'm much, much younger than I look. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I am passionate about being a dietitian and about the work that I do. I recently became the corporate dietitian for Minitab, as a couple of you know, and I'm spending nine hours a week over there working with their employees. They have a marvelous um, employee health program. And what I get to do for those people, which is very different than what I do for the student athletes at Penn State, is I'm talking about how to eat for health over at Minitab. At Penn State, I'm talking about how to eat for performance. Very, very different. Young kids don't think about their health as much as we really wish they would, whereas the people in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and believe it or not, I met with a 78-year-old Minitab employee who came to see me to talk about how he could change his diet to be healthier. And that really impressed me. So what I want you to think about as I give you some of my comments is about your own eating habits because that's your diet. Remember, the word diet really means whatever pattern of eating you've adopted. It may be very erratic, it may be very random, or it may be very regimented. But whatever your pattern is, it probably could change a little tiny bit. So to begin with, I want to talk about optimal health. I saw in the paper yesterday that the ad for this, this conversation said optimal health at any age. I must have months ago told them that that's what I was going to talk about. So I kind of want to stick to the subject. So what is optimal health? What is nutrition for optimal health in your own opinion? There's actually textbook definitions for this. So what would you think about? Number one, optimal health would be eating the foods to bring in all the right vitamins and minerals. At least that's what we used to think it was. So we want to get from the foods that we choose enough iron, enough calcium, enough of the vitamins. You know, there's 21 essential vitamins and minerals. Just read the box of total cereal. They tell you that. They're called a multiple vitamin mineral supplement cereal because they have 100% of all the 21 essential vitamins and minerals. So we want optimal health to bring, or nutrition to bring in these vitamins and minerals. But now, step away from the vitamins and minerals, optimal nutrition brings in the right balance of the energy nutrients. Now, where do we get energy from? Because wouldn't we like more of it? Where do we get it from? Where does energy come from? Protein and carbs give us the same amount of energy, gram for gram, four calories in one gram of either carbohydrate or protein. And we get nine calories in one gram of fat. So two and a half times more calories comes from fat in the very same quantity of substance, gram. Now, alcohol is also an energy nutrient, believe it or not. We get seven calories 
in one gram of alcohol. But we don't really talk about anyone needing more energy from alcohol usually. So let's stick with carbohydrate, protein, and fat. Now, how many of you saw this Newsweek? Yeah, several people did. And what it says, if you can't see it, diet hype, confused from fat to calcium, how the media collides with science. Well, I brought this in because the, the confusion is what's going to keep me in business for life. I'm banking on the fact that you all stay really confused, but I like to come in and give you a few tidbits of reason, logic, and maybe even some science. So we just talked about carbohydrates, protein, and fat giving us energy. Now, we are just sort of riding the end wake of the no-carb diet craze. Carbs being bad, I mean the villains. How many of you are old enough to remember when fat was the bad guy? Yeah. Now, protein hasn't surfaced as the bad guy yet. We haven't found enough reason to really banish it. But I can't tell you how wrong the guys that were promoting low-carb diets are. Carbohydrate is the body's number one preferred energy source. Now, I've got to use a personal story with regard to a client I met this morning. Happened to have been a, one of our track athletes, one of our star track athletes, came in to see me today because he's got chronic fatigue at practice. Now, I know that you're not saying you're competitive athletes, and that's cool, but you want more energy? Listen to this story. At dinner, after a two-hour practice, track practice, where they're running the stadium, running Mount Nittany, and I'm not kidding you, and coming back to the track, indoor track arena, and then going out for going to dinner at the dining commons, he had one slice of bread because he's avoiding carbs. And you know what he had? Three chicken breasts, a grilled chicken Caesar salad, two cups of milk, and a cup of yogurt. Hey, it's all nutritious. It's all nutritious food. He's at a, the right weight. He's 161 pounds doesn't want to lose weight, but guess what? The kids got no energy the next day for practice. 50% of the way up the mountain, he can't go anymore. His coach is frustrated, his trainer's frustrated, and he's frustrated. What's the problem? He's not eating enough carbohydrates at dinner to restore what's called glycogen in his muscles, which is what fuels all of our activities. So glycogen becomes a really important nutrient for physically active people, and carbohydrates are the only nutrient that make glycogen. So when you ask yourselves, I want more energy, where's my energy coming from? We have to look at our diet, not just calories. Now, why did the South Beach diet work for everyone? Because it was 1,300 calories if you followed it to the T. I can tell you the reference by Dr. Ellen Coleman, who reviewed that book and that diet, and she published a review. The South Beach diet is a low-calorie diet. That's how we lose weight. You reduce your calories or you burn more. You don't give up nutrients that give you energy. So one of the biggest myths behind all this diet stuff is... Nutrients aren't the bad guys. 
and they never, they never really have been, and they never really will. Do we overeat certain nutrients? That's when the answer is yes. Now, let's stick with this concept of carbohydrates. It's the easiest nutrient to overeat. Think about foods that I like to call them the starchy carbs. Bread, cereal, potatoes, corn, peas, beans, rice, pasta, bagels, pancakes, French toast, sweet rolls, donuts, crackers, rice cakes, pretzels, popcorn. Really a lot of comfort foods, foods that are easy to grab, they don't require refrigeration. You know, I always say a bagel's a great food to take on the road because you can run over it and it's still edible. <laughs> so these are foods that are inexpensive, they last, and the variety is so great that we like some of them, unlike fruits and vegetables. The thing is, people are eating toast and cereal at breakfast. Then, because they get a little hungry around 10 o'clock, out comes the fat-free pretzels or the rice cakes that they just put some, a little bit of peanut butter on. Then for lunch, they might have a salad, but they might have bread and a roll, or they might have a side of noodles, pasta, something like that. Or they get hungry later on and they microwave a bag of popcorn. And then before they eat dinner or while they're eating dinner, they're munching on crackers and cheese. And then at dinner, they have rice or noodles or potatoes. And believe it or not, one of my clients the other day for dinner had steak, stovetop stuffing, mashed potatoes, and corn. And her kids were mad because she didn't make buttered noodles. <laughs> now, this is what I see in central Pennsylvania, and it's not so different from where I hailed in Wisconsin. So the bottom line is, carbs aren't bad. We just have a propensity to overeat them. So my magic measuring cups. I wouldn't really have a license to practice dietetics if I didn't travel with these. So here's what I want you to know. This. It's a half a cup. This is a serving of grain. How much should you all be eating? You're not going to invite me to your next party, I know, but six a day. Six servings of starch a day. Now, that's not saying six servings of carbs. It's six servings of starch. Six ounces is what's recommended, and an ounce is one slice of bread. Now, I'm telling you that many of you in this room are overeating this food group. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> it's my favorite food group. So how do we modify our diets? How can we modify it? We don't want to whack them like a Tony Soprano, you know, <laughs> nutrition approach. But what we want to do is we need to say, where, what are we willing to give up? Now, can you give up the bread if you're going at breakfast if you're going to have the cereal? Now, the other thing I want to just say, because portions do matter, is football players tell me that they have a bowl of cereal at breakfast. Gymnasts tell me the same thing. I had a bowl of cereal. But the gymnast eats her cereal in a bowl like this. The football player has six of these. <laughs> or he says, he basically shows me, points to the bowl in my office, that's a mixing bowl. <laughs> and one box of cereal to a football player is a bowl of cereal. 
So using this framework of I had a bowl of cereal or I had a cup of juice, if you're drinking your juice out of a 32-ounce cup, it's not really a cup. It's 32 <laughs> ounces. So calories creep into our diet in ways that we don't really want to admit. I have many overweight clients who tell me I hardly eat anything. Do you know anybody that might say something like that? I hardly eat anything. Well, if you ask them to write down what they eat, the reason why they say I hardly eat anything is because they only had five foods. They had five individual foods, but they had large quantities of each of these foods. Now you may say, oh, five foods, that's not very many. You're right, it's not big variety. But what the, the person that I'm describing is really not able to see is that she's thinking or he's thinking I'm hardly eating anything because the variety is small, but the portions are grand. So they're getting more calories in than they really need. Now, how many calories do we need and where should they be coming from? Everybody in this room needs a different amount of calories and it's based on how physically active you are plus your age. Now, the older we get, the fewer calories we need because our resting metabolic rate goes down. We burn 3% fewer calories for every decade that we're alive. I know, I know, it's really bad. So what do you do? Number one, we can manipulate our resting metabolic rate. We can stand around jumping. We can get more physically active. We can eat foods that stimulate our metabolic rate, which are high fiber foods, or proteins. Proteins and fat cost us more energy to digest than carbs. Now, I'm not saying, you know, eliminate the carbs. But what I want you to know is there's what's called an activity factor. This has been sort of mathematically um, computed. It's just a rule of thumb, but I want to toss it out for you. If you're very, very sedentary, like you sit pretty much all day long, you roughly only need about 12 to 13 calories per pound per day to stay at your current weight. It's not many. The more physically active you are, the rule of thumb for competitive athletes is between 17 and 19 calories per pound per day to stay at your weight, your current weight. Now, because weight and obesity is such an epidemic in America, I thought I would show you what body fat looked like. This is five pounds of body fat. It's the best replica that you can buy. You can have it liposuctioned out of you, but this is five pounds. Now, how many calories is this five pounds? How many? Just guess. 15,000. Well, one pound of fat is worth 3,500 calories. So if you want to get rid of one pound of weight on you, she's like freaking out. I'm so sorry. She's like holding her face. Oh, okay. Um, sorry. If you want to lose one pound, that's one-fifth of this. That's 3,500 
calories, yes, that you have to whack out of your diet. How do we do that? Because people do really lose weight. It's, people are successful. What you do is you cut 500 calories out of your diet a day. Seven times 500 equals 3,500. Now, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is 500 calories, roughly. Mm -hmm. Two, with two slices of bread, yeah. Two slices of bread are roughly 140 calories. Two tablespoons of peanut butter is roughly 200 calories. And depending upon, you know, how you manipulate your jam and, you know, if you're cutting your own bread because you buy it at Wegmans and it's this thick, the calories are higher. So remember, it isn't, 500 calories sounds like a lot. It could be the two and a half glasses of wine you're drinking, Chris Clark, before you go to bed, or whatever. It could be the snack that you're eating in between breakfast and lunch. Now, there's nothing magic about losing a pound of weight a week if you wanna lose weight. What's wrong with losing a half a pound? Nothing. Then that means cutting 250 calories or exercising 250 more calories. A mile of walking burns 100 calories. A mile of walking. That's about, the textbooks say, the average person walks a mile in 20 minutes. Now, athletes can burn 100 calories in six minutes doing various activities, you know, like running. So walking is as good as running. It just takes longer. <laughs> That's all which, you know, time of, is certainly of, of importance. But going back to the concept of optimal nutrition, you have to understand that everything is about calories. Everything. The media does us no benefit by promoting fad diet books. We know, we know from research that carbs, protein, and fat are valuable. We need 50% of our calories every day coming from carbohydrate, about 25% from fat and about 25% from protein. That's optimal nutrition. Protein is a growth and recovery nutrient. Protein is what every hormone is made of, enzyme is made of. All of our cells are made up of protein. We need it, but we don't want to burn protein for energy. Our body needs it to replace what were the cells that are dying. Fat is a critical nutrient. We need it. It isn't the bad guy. We need it for the formation of vitamin D. We need it for the formation of all hormones. But it's the amount we're eating. It's the amount of all foods. Now, I want to just say to you, I'm writing a book and it's about the myths that we really hold true to be um, basically conventional wisdom. And a couple of things in the short time I have left, I wanted to tell you I ask my clients, how does a person lose weight if they want to? And the response is classic. You eat healthy. Nothing could be farther from the truth. I have more overweight healthy eaters. They eat a lot of cereal, but it's the nutritious one, Kashi Goline. They eat three, four servings. I have... These same people may even tell me they're vegetarians because they're vegetarians thinking that it's healthier. 
So they've whacked all meat out of their diet. And yet their blood pressure is high, their cholesterol is high, their triglycerides are high. Why? Because they're overeating healthy food. Healthy food, terrific. But too much of it is bringing too many calories into our diet. You know, I say, eat bananas to my athletes. Guy comes in and says, hey, I had 10 bananas yesterday. <laughs> it's nine too many. <laughs> I didn't say eat the bunch. I said, eat a banana. And see, that's where we go off, we get derailed. Eating food is good for us. It gives us energy. We just don't know when to say when, I think. And we are also very confused about, hey, don't eat carbs, but I can have a stick of butter or I can have the pound of cheese. Calories matter, always. It's always calories. So my advice to you from an optimal nutrition standpoint is know how many calories roughly you need. Do you want to maintain your weight? Are you at your fighting weight? You know, you don't have to be the size that you were in high school to be healthy. In fact, there's a concept of fit and fat. And that's really something that more dietitians are embracing. We want you to have cholesterol under 200. We want you to have triglycerides under 120. We want you to have a high hemoglobin reading between 12 to 14. We want you to have good bone density. We want to make sure that you're getting adequate calcium. We want you to be lifting weights so that the weight-bearing exercise will stimulate more calcium absorption in men and women. And we want you to be more physically active, doing whatever it is that doesn't cause pain. So if it's crawling, do that. <laughs> Scooting works too. So those are my comments. And I'm open for questions.